You're listening to the Assembly of Fantasy Footballers Anonymous podcast. Here's your host and co-league manager, David Bender. It's finally time for the 2020 debut of the Assembly of Fantasy Footballers Anonymous podcast. Now, the feature segment of this episode is NFL free agency and draft fallout as it pertains to AFFA teams. But before we get into that, we have some news. Up first, Cedric Brown, GM and owner of the franchise known as Trouble Man, has officially changed the team name to Game of Mahomes. Updated team name and logo can be viewed in SED's team clubhouse on the Assembly's ESPN Fantasy Football page or in the app. Two trades have occurred this offseason, just 10 days apart, May 20th, and then most recently, May 30th. The first was between Carl and myself, where I gave T.Y. Hilton back to him in exchange for his second-round pick, the 206. The other trade that just processed today actually went down between Kylan and Mo. Kylan finally, after two seasons, acquires Odell Beckham Jr., but it didn't come cheap. In exchange, Mo received Le'Veon Bell, Cooper Cup, and the 105, leaving Kylan with no picks until the third round. This will now be the fifth time out of the past seven seasons that Kylan has selected Mr. Irrelevant, which is relevant because he selected future top 10 quarterback Carson Wentz with the final pick of the 2016 draft. You all know Adam Gumbert. He's joining me today. Gumby. How's the 2017 champ doing? Oh, not too bad. Just pretending it's 2017 again. (laughs) (laughs) I don't even have, in 12 seasons, I don't have anything to pretend pretend for. You'll get there. Are you doing okay through all the uh, COVID COVID stuff? Oh, yeah. It's it's all good. I'm still going to work, doing the same thing. Nothing changes for me. I just get more time to listen to football podcasts at this point. Do you get to do that as you work? Yeah, 100%. I don't know if we're supposed to, but I do. (laughs) <laughs> and you got you recently well i don't know how recent like maybe last year or two you got a promotion that took you from a car and put you on foot is that right yeah i was i started out driving then i had to walk for a while and then i'm driving again so f- that walking uh, he's back he's back in the vehicle so you heard everything about uh kylan there you know not not having an early round pick is actually nothing new for him for this Velociraptor Stars GM. Did you know, Gumby, that in 2014, 2016, 2018, and now 2020, barring any more offseason trading, um, those are all years in this AFFA era in which Kylan hasn't had a first round pick? Yeah, it seems to be uh, sort of his go to move. Because, I mean, honestly, like, depending where he is, if he, if he can't get, you know, the top two or three guy, I could see him being like, I'd rather just get a player and just forgo getting somebody early in the draft. Yeah, it, that's his MO for sure. In fact, Jeff ha- Jeff has the same, uh, similar MO where uh, you draft two in the first round or you don't draft in the first at all. Yeah. So, you know, of those four drafts, 2014, 16, 18, and now 2020, two, for Kylan, two of those drafts, he didn't even pick until the fourth round, which is just comical to me. And it might also... It might also be worth noting that Kylan has never made playoffs following a draft with no first round selection. I didn't look in to see um, other teams that have done that before who haven't had a first round pick how they did the following year. But for Kylan, kind of a small sample size because we're still only looking at like six years here. But 
either way, that's something something Kylan now has to think on through the offseason. He's got to break the mold, bring up something He's new to make the playoffs. He does. Maybe maybe OBJ will do it. As as Jeff said, Jeff and I were texting about it. He said, well, man, if uh, Baker Mayfield throws 600 times in the season and completes 60% of his passes, then maybe he's got a chance. So I that's, that I mean, good. that's the thing. The trade, honestly, because it was shocking at first when you're like how much he gives up for it. But mm-hmm. that's really not a bad trade because I can see for Mo because Mo gets, I don't know, we'll see if he likes Cup or not, but he gets that draft pick. He gets Lev Bell, which I like because I don't I haven't. I got to go double check, but I think that he could probably use running back help. And then Kylan gets his like number one wide receiver that he wants. I kind of feel like everyone wins in that trade. Yeah, he's been he's been wanting OBJ for quite a while now. And you know, Mo told me just if I'm like the beat writer here, he told me that the first round pick was a no brainer to him. Like as soon as that was in there, he's like, yeah, definitely, I have to take it. So I was surprised that Kylan didn't even try to get like a second or third rounder out of it just to kind of supplement OBJ because um, Lev Bell, you know, if if New York figures their stuff out, he could be definitely back in that top running back discussion Um, because he's I don't I don't think he's that old or he is. He just doesn't have all the mileage. Oh, yeah, because he did sit out that one year, so he yeah. pretty much had that for a year. Huh? Yeah, exactly. So we'll see what New York does. And Cooper Cup now with um, Brandon Cooks being gone, off shipped off to Houston, um, that could definitely work out in his favor. So we'll see. Cooper Cup is – and I know Kylan likes Cooper Cup. Uh, he just obviously really, really wanted OBJ. So, um, yeah, I think, it's a, I think it's a great trade for Mo and a good trade for Kylan. I'm not going to grade it because somebody's going to come back and – make fun of the grading process we got to see what the pick ends up being and then it's easier to grade it true yeah true it's an it's a very interesting draft um for us this year concerning a lot of rookies out there in multiple positions yeah also Lev bell by the way 28 years old um set out that one year for the steelers when he uh held out so and he was drafted i think he was 21 when he was drafted I have to double check that i just know he's born in 92 and i was real upset that he's younger than me and has been that successful made that much money you know, Adrian Peterson's younger than I am. Damn, that dinosaur is really that young? By, by two months. Either way, we have more news to the assembly who's listening here, all eight of you. But Adam has stepped into the role of co-producer of the podcast because, uh, one, he volunteered. And two, to be honest, he's got more connections uh, to resources and knowledge than I do with this podcasting stuff. So we're teaming up. And as always, we invite you you guys, um, if you ever want to be guests on the show, and if you're interested in training, trading some dialogue and spicing up our content, we certainly welcome you. Uh, just reach out and we'll make it happen. On that note, Adam, uh, do you want to share a little bit of the off-season plans concerning future episodes? Yeah, so I had a, whenever we started talking about producing the show, I was like, I would like to do an idea that gets everyone involved and should be a good way to make some content. So the idea is pretty much to... Uh, kind of have like an interview with all the team owners or like kind of a team rundown and just give everyone a chance to, you know, give them a couple minutes to shine and everyone gets to be involved and kind of talk about their team, you know, how they're feeling in the in the past and hopefully for the future. So I think it's a good way to get everyone involved and, you know, we can all have fun with it. So, yeah, I would like to do interviews of each and every team owner. Yeah, it's a chance for you guys to brag on your teams and and talk about how you play fantasy football. Maybe you can talk about other leagues you're in and the success you've had there or lack thereof you know in in the history of both the lffl and the affa 
going all the way back to 2008, there are only three teams out of 11 championship teams, I should say, that finished in the bottom five the year prior. Gumby, you are one of them. Um, you went from ninth place in 2016 to champion in 2017. The Team Mo Sucks franchise went from ninth place. That's when Eric was owner. He went from ninth place in 2010, gave up his team after four games in 2011 to John Boy. John Boy took over at one and three and ended up doing this miraculous comeback. And then he ran the team into the ground the next year. And then 2013 is when A-Ray took over. Um, and then Mo uh, most recently went from seventh place in 2011 to champion in 2012. And then he also followed up in 2013 with a back-to-back title there. Nobody's ever gone from worst to first. So that does not bode well for me. I was in the bottom five, last place. But mm. I will say, Gumby, at the mm. same time, nobody has ever finished better than seventh in scoring in 10th place. And I kind of bucked that trend by being third in scoring in the league. So it was just a weird anomaly. Now I get first pick in the draft, and I'm kind of excited about it. So who do you think of the five teams – you and I and the other three teams, which would be Game of Mahomes, Seds team. We have Brown Sugar and the Velocirap Stars. Of these five teams, who do you think, and you can say you, but who do you think will has the best chance to uh, be a champion next year? Well, I'm not going to say me, even though I could. <laughs> Honestly, it's the team that I feel is like one of the best teams in the league that kind of just always comes up a little short. And I think that's Seds team, to be honest with you. I just always like his team. Like when I faced him in the championship that one year, I was like, honestly, he had a team that could have beat me. And I just lucked out by Gurley going off like he did. Um, Sed's always had a good team and he just doesn't really get there. So him being also like I was talking to you about the, the entire middle of our league this year is like a game away from each other. So I can see said being, you know, at number seven out of 10, how much different is he from number four, you know, at seven and seven, like he's not, they're not that different. So I could see said it would be my pick. It'd either be him or Kylan, but I just want to give it to said because he's had really, really good teams in the past and he continues to build those teams. So yeah, Kylan is the, is he the only team that has not appeared in a championship? I don't know. That'd be for the, I think that's, to know. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that's it as league historian. I, I believe that is the case. I actually agree with you that it could be either one of those teams. I think the knock, and we'll, I'll talk about this when I get to the fallout, he's in trouble when it comes to one position. Well, we've got, we're going to get into our feature segment now, guys. This is the, the free agent, NFL free agency and NFL draft fallout as it pertains to our teams, as it pertains to you owners. So who's on your roster now? Who was affected through free agency and or the draft? Um whether it be good or bad. And so uh, Gumby and I kind of, we broke up the, the league in half. I took half the teams and he took the other, the other half. So Gumby, let's start off with the, uh, let's start off with playoff teams because we just coincidentally ended up with two each. Um, you want to take the champion, Isaac Salzman, owner of Fruit of My Lions. Yeah. So these were, some of these are positive, some are negative, some are kind of like in the middle, kind of a push, like a, a coin flip kind of a thing. Uh, I'm going to start with, I think um, Keenan Allen. I mean, this is going to be this is going to be a trend in all of these, but I just kind of don't like any of the Chargers' offensive players this year. Even though you know they had like Eckler specifically had you know good numbers last year, and he did all good. I just between Tyrod and, and the and the rookie, I just 
I feel like Philip Rivers was holding that team together as best he could, and I I don't really like any of those players. So like, I, Allen's good. I'm not going to say he's bad now, but I just who's throwing him the ball? Like, I don't. Know. I think that Herbert, once he's developed, would be a major upgrade over Tyrod. Tyrod, yeah, who's now turning into just a journeyman. And that's one of his better receivers. And again, I think he's is one of the best receivers in the league. I just whenever you have bad quarterbacks, what, what can the teams do? Right, you good players with bad quarterbacks, they can't do anything. He's had um, Keenan Allen has had three consecutive seasons of eleven hundred and ninety six yards or more. But again, that was with Philip Rivers. He also played all sixteen game, um, all sixteen games of each. Did he? Yeah, he hasn't been injured for a while, which is the thing. Early on, he was injured a lot, but mm-hmm. he's been healthy. So again, he's good. If he can stay healthy, that'll be good. It's just, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's going on in that quarterback room. So I don't know. Over under, um, in the last three years, the lowest number of receptions he had was ninety-seven. Let's set the over under at ninety-two and a half. Where do you go? Ninety-two and a half. Ninety-two and a half. We'll revisit this. These are receptions, not targets. Yeah, I, I'll go under on that. Under, I can see okay. him getting like mid to upper 80s, maybe. I just, again, how many of those passes are going to be off target? <laughs> That's my main thing. He might have all the all the targets in the world, but are they catchable? Can we? Did you look up any Tyrod stats? That's I, I kind of want to know what he's. I looked for it past. online. He's been scrubbed from from the internet. No one cares about Tyrod. <laughs> Very well. There you have it. All right. So you, there's one. Did you have anybody else for for the Lions? Oh, um, yeah, I really like that he – I think that this offseason helped this team as a whole, but him having Kenyon Drake I think is going to be a good move. I'm sure he – I don't know if he drafted him. You can tell me. I think – pretty sure it was a free agent pickup if he I had was. guessed. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, like he's the guy. They gave him – they brought him back. They wanted to bring him back. They got rid of David Johnson. They're building that offense to be something really special, and he is the guy. And he was good last year, so I don't see – like to me, that that's good. Like he has – even less competition in the running game. And they want him to be there. And I think that team's going to be good. I really like that offense this year. So I think that's great. That fact that he picked up Kenyon Drake, probably in the middle of the season for free. He's got to start and running back. He could be top 15. No problem. Uh, did, is that all you had on Isaac and the Lions? Oh yeah. Well, by the way, Kenyon Drake was a free agency pickup. It says on ESPN. Uh, my other okay. thing was I had a couple of toy co- coin toss players where I like okay. the players, but I don't know if it's going to work out or not, but they were just really quickly. It was uh honorable mention. Yeah. Devin Singletary and Cortland Sutton, which I think those teams are, those offenses are going to be better uh, this year, but then they mm-hmm. also brought in other pieces or so those other pieces going to take work away. Yeah. Zach Moss and Buffalo to compete with Devin Singletary and Devin Singletary's undersized. Zach Moss is not. Yeah. And then you have, um, Cortland Sutton, who could pr- probably just benefit. It just depends on Drew Locke, but benefiting from KJ Hamler and um, Jerry Judy there. Yeah, that's, that's he's he's probably more on the upside just because I don't expect those rookies to come in and just like blow up or anything. But so one of those pieces uh, that looks different in Denver is Melvin Gordon. So he's actually one of the guys that I had obviously for Mo's roster. You look at and uh, he went from. Uh, you know, clearly Melvin Gordon did not care to be in San Diego slash LA ever. Uh, and he was actually just bad mouthing the fans, I think, on social media this week. But now he's with a team who desperately needed a bigger bodied back um, who's also competent. And that would be Melvin Gordon. Last year, Gordon had three games 
under 13 touches. And I think if Denver gets him the ball, if they get the ball in his hands uh, 15 plus times per game, he'll be back in the top 10 discussion again for fantasy backs. Um, yes, Lindsay's there and he is a good running back, but I think Gordon is more of a threat to Lindsay than Lindsay is to Gordon. And I have a Ray. So I'll talk about uh, Philip Lindsay here in a second, but you know, the other one that with Mo's roster that really stood out to me, if it even stands out at all is Lamar Jackson. <clears throat> I'm really indifferent on Lamar as far as a, as a fallout goes after week one last season, he never had less than seven rush attempts hmm. at all the rest of the season. So, uh, yes, the Ravens prioritized the run game in the draft by bringing in J.K. Dobbins, but I don't think that's really going to affect Lamar too much. If anything, I think it'll help open up the pass game, and then we'll finally see Lamar Jackson throw for 400 yards in a game in his career for the first time. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, I mean, it could. I mean, you got year two of uh, Hollywood Brown not being injured, so – Continue to have Mark Andrews, who's really, really good. So I'm with you. Who they who they invested in, right? Didn't he just sign a contract? Oh, I don't know. I looked it up. I know they got rid of uh, Hayden Hurst. Was it Hurst, yeah. Off to Atlanta, right? Atlanta, yeah. Something yeah, he like was, that. After the yeah, Echoes Hooper left, and then they got Hurst. Yeah. So that's uh, the Robo Stingers fallout. Not no negative. <laughs> it looks like he's doing okay. He's doing okay. I mean, is is he ever not doing okay? That's pretty true. Except for whenever rare. he was trying to set those records and I beat him down both times I met him last yeah. year, even though I yeah. sucked. So, you know, whatever. It was a bit, speaking of records, it was a big year. I think right around, I've got it here in this notebook sitting next to me, but um, without flipping to it, it was around week four or week five. Mo was the first team, uh, first franchise to hit 100 wins in our league's history. Mm -hmm. So, congratulations, Mo. Jeff followed up a little bit later in the season. So, Anyway, let's move on to Jeff. Jeff. All right. So this runner is runner up. Yeah, runner up. This is real life football and also fantasy football. Um, the Packers hate Aaron Rodgers. So uh they did absolutely nothing for him in free agency or the draft at all, getting offensive weapons for that guy. Um, they just drafted his replacements, really all they did. I gotta go look at his team again, but I'm pretty sure like that is his would be his keeper quarterback. Uh yeah, I'm looking at it right now. That would pretty unless he wants to keep Daniel Jones, which I like Daniel Jones, so that's fine. But yeah, the Packers did Aaron Rodgers no favors this year. And um, yeah, he was already kind of like not a top five guy anymore. And I don't I don't think that trend's going to change this year all of a sudden. Like they just hate him. I don't know why. <laughs> and I, don't, I think he's just going to do even worse, to be honest with you. Like he hasn't, they won't give him any weapons. They just keep getting more running backs because they just want to run the ball, which is, I mean, it's fine for me. I have Aaron Jones, but. And a quarterback for the future. Yeah, I mean, he was already – I think he was still technically a top 10 last year in our league, but yep. yeah, he's starting to slip more and more and more. And again, him being a Packers fan, he knows it in real life how much they're uh, – how they feel about – or how it seems they feel about him. So I have Aaron Rodgers kind of going down even a little more. I wonder if you took away his Week 7 game, his fantasy performance of 58.6 points, if you took that out and just put in his average where he would fall. I have a feeling he might fall out of the top 10 in our scoring – the quarterback rankings if you did that but so there's no way there's no way jeff's getting rid of aaron Rodgers ever that's like you can't get rid of him no but also he he kind of has a ceiling like i don't you're never gonna i don't think you're gonna get another top five fantasy season out of him but you can't get rid of him because he's not gonna be that awful mm -hmm. so yep that sort of thing there um my next one would be a james connor uh just because 
I don't really know what to think about that team and what they do with James Conner because he seemed like he's going to be like the next star running back there. And then he gets injured. They have a bunch of other quarter running backs, excuse me, on the roster. They, I believe they drafted another guy, right? The yeah, but is, any, is anybody really competition for him? I mean, we'll see. Is he done being injured? I, I have to double check that, but I think his. He's healthy he's, now. Is he fully healthy now? Yeah, I remember yeah. they were talking about the other day. Yeah. Um, he's, a, he's an animal. Yes. Um, I don't know. Are you just worried about him injury wise? I mean, again, you could disagree with me on these things. Or do you think he's an injury risk after? I mean, he's still young. I, so I think I think every single running back in the NFL is an injury risk. Like I hold my breath with any running back that I own. And especially if they have a history. Now he has a history. But I would be comfortable. I mean, if you look at Jeff's roster and you're talking about Ezekiel Elliott and Josh Jacobs as two other keeper running backs there. Uh-huh. I'm very, very comfortable having James Conner as my two or three. Yeah. I mean, if you put it like that, if he's your, your two, your, yeah, yeah. If you put him behind Zeke and I, I like Josh Jacobs, as but well. it's not yeah. like they draft. I forget who we'll have to look up and see who look it up when I'm, when I start talking about a race team here in a second, but um, I don't think they draft Anthony anybody. McFarland in the fourth round. Yeah. So who? Benny Snell, Jalen Samuels, and then Anthony McFarland. So again, I don't think he's bad. I think he's fine, but I just like, it, it's really just an injury thing for me. And again, I could be completely wrong on this, but <sighs> he's no Jay Ajayi. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> That's right. Well, A-Ray, there's a lot to talk about with his team as far as what, what happened this offseason with the NFL. Um, I mentioned Lindsay a second ago, so I'll just talk to him, uh, talk to that point right now. But I, I think Philip Lindsay, is a, he's a free agency fallout loser. Um, I don't think he's a total loser by any means, but um, if Melvin Gordon is healthy for the full season, uh, he just hurts Lindsey's stock too much. I don't think, I don't think that Lindsey won't be productive in fantasy. Um, you don't have these back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons to start off your NFL career if you're not a good running back. But his total yards declined last year. His averages per carry and reception both declined last year. And his total total touchdown stat line also declined last year. Now, some of those numbers weren't that big of a difference, but they were on the decline, and that was without Melvin Gordon there. Um, you know, he should he should definitely be considered a good flex option, but no better right now, I don't think, unless Gordon gets injured. So, yeah, I mean, we'll Philip, have... Philip oh, Lindsay, if he does anything well, like he's that shot out of a cannon, like any carry that he gets. Because he is little, he can get behind the line and kind of disappear to defenders on the other side of the ball. Um, so there's a chance he could break 20 yards anytime he touches it. It's just, will he? Yeah. Where do you, again, I had to pull up A-Ray's team. Is, that, is he a keeper for you then? Like, Because if Melvin Gordon goes down, I guess he goes back to his old role, right? But of course, you can't really count on someone to be injured as keeping somebody in fantasy. Yeah, I mean that's that's the concern though even though he had his 1000-yard season, he he still finished almost outside of the top outside of the 20. Um he was 18th in our league, so I mean I think he has to be a keeper for when you're looking at A-Ray's roster, he's got Derrick Henry and then that's that's essentially well he's got Carryon Johnson who I'm I was actually just getting ready to talk about. You got Carryon Johnson who missed 14 games in his two season career so far. And then you've got DeAndre Swift coming in one of one of, if not the top 
running back in the 2020 draft class. So to that, I would say carry on, carry on. I, I would rather have, to answer your question, I would rather have Philip Lindsay than carry on Johnson if I had to pick one to keep. Yeah, missing that's 14 a, games in two years is a lot of games. That's a lot of games. You're essentially, it's essentially only one full season under his belt. And I kind of had an audible mention here. Stefan Diggs is now in Buffalo. I like the move in real life. I think I like it in fantasy, but Al, Josh Allen's completion percentage is awful. Like it's more than 10% worse than, uh, than Cousins. I would not be excited if I own Diggs, but I think he also has the ability to help Josh Allen turn things around, turn the corner this year in his third year. So we'll see what happens. Mm. Maybe that's the missing piece. Does that cover our playoff teams? I believe, yes. I've done two. You've done two. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can you can pick whoever you want now, Gumby. I'm going to go with Bob had shits because it's the best name that I have <laughs> on my list right here. Carl Wetzel. Uh, <laughs> so good. Um, I really like Adam Thielen. Thielen gets to be the guy. And if he's healthy, I mean, we, we've already seen what Adam Thielen can do. Just last year, he was hurt. And now he's the... He's the main guy there. So I think, you know, uh, Carl should keep him till he retires damn near at this point because his production is great, even with Cousins. That's a guy that I like a lot. I think that, yeah, Diggs leaving probably helps him more than it hurts him. And I don't think it would have hurt him either way. It doesn't really matter. If Kirk Cousins is not throwing to Adam Thielen, who is he throwing to? Uh, and, and I'm talking about wide receivers. So no Kyle Rudolph. Let's say, yeah, Rudolph would have been the one. Um, I know they just got, was it Jefferson, right? Is that who they took in the draft? Yeah, it was Justin Jefferson in the first round. I don't know the other ones. I'm sure that somebody's telling me the name of their third string wide receiver that I do not know. I'm with you. Again, I think he gets all the targets in the world. So I like that. Uh, negative though, Mark Ingram. We were talking about Lamar Jackson, them trying to maybe pass a little bit more. Mark Ingram had a really, really good year just based on him having a ton of touchdowns, not really carrying the ball that often. Uh, mm-hmm. He didn't actually get like a lot of carries or even he got uh, a he had, amount of yards. He had 202 attempts. That's pretty good if you ask me. I mean, that's fine, but that's not a... That's in 15 games too. I mean, he there were only two games he did not have double-digit carries. Yeah. But that's also on the back of 15 touchdowns. At 30-year-old Mark Ingram yeah. with J.K. Dobbins, do you think he's going to repeat that? And that's my thing is he's going to repeat it. I'm yeah. not going to say he's going to suck. I don't think he's going to repeat that by any means. Touche. Yeah. Agreed. Mark Ingram at his best, like in his prime, the best he's ever been. I think I would rather have him than whatever J.K. Dobbins is going to be. But, I mean, that's just a gut feeling, and that's... Yeah, so I guess the question is, how much do you think that Ingram regresses? I'm assuming you think he's not going to have as good fantasy numbers this year. Like, there's no, no way. He won't. he will not hit 1,000 yards. Um, I'd say well, like eight, 800 at best. Yeah. And uh, his touchdown's probably cut in half, five or six. Yeah, so that goes from you know, a running back one to a running back two. Yeah. Which again, isn't awful. I mean, I would take that, but when you were expecting that guy to be your guy and now he's not going to be, that's, you know, the fallout. He's not going to be as good. Exactly. Yeah. But I think, I think Carl has to keep him. Do you agree? Yeah. I mean, he's a running back that gets work on a really good team. So I, yeah, I would keep him as well, but I just wouldn't be as excited the next year. Mm. That's how I am about some of my players. I'm like, I got to keep them, but I'm not super hyped about it. Okay, um, Adam Adam Thielen and uh, Mark Ingram, do you have any more there? David Johnson, 
I'm really hoping he goes back to being old David Johnson. New team, they wanted him. I'm just hoping at this point. I'm just being positive because I want David Johnson to be good because I like David Johnson. I mean, it's just him and Duke Johnson. And again, they traded Nuke for him. So it seems like they want him to me. This is probably his last chance, so we'll see. Um, I mean, he'll still be a good receiver. We play half point. So hopefully, Carl, we're hoping that this has now, if you've been patient, now it's going to come around and help you out. Okay, who do I want to? I've got basically, I've got you, Gumby, which I'll probably just wait till last. So between Tarek and Sed, I'm going to go with Tarek. With Tarek, I think he's got three guys that benefit, um, maybe two and a half. I'm going to start with Tom Brady. This is obvious. Well, I mean, some people might think it's not so obvious for him going to Tampa Bay, but I think Tom Brady really needed a uh, he needed a shift in his career, like something to revitalize him. It just seems like going to Tampa Bay is a place where he can kick back and just have fun and play good football without the stress of Belichick and New England. In this case, speaking of of Tarek and his team, I think that Tom Brady goes from non-keeper to an absolute keeper this year. You know, 2019 was considered to be a bad season, and that's when Tom Brady completed 61% of passes. Like, we were just talking about Josh Allen, a bad season for him is 52% completion percentage. Bad for Tom Brady, 61%. And now, not only that, but Tom is no longer throwing to Julian Edelman, James White, Mohamed Sanu, but now he's got Mike Evans, he's got Chris Godwin, who just had over 1,300 yards last year, and now he's got Gronk back too. So, I mean, come on. Winston just threw for 5,000 yards with Bruce Arians. I just I can't see Tom Brady not being a top 10 quarterback if he's healthy. Uh, let us also remember that Tarek is reaping the benefit of a compensatory pick this year. So I, I have that in mind when I look at Tom Brady. Like maybe he'll play two seasons with Tampa Bay and then retire. And if he's, if he's a top 10, top 12 quarterback, then in our league you get that extra draft pick out of it. So why not? Yeah, and um, the main thing you said was the the wide receivers, dude. Like, what a what a good team to go to. Again, Julian Edmonds great, but I love. I don't think he's ever had receivers that many, and include Gronk here. I don't think he's ever had that many in in one place. I would say those Randy Moss, Wes Welker years, and Gronk was there as well, and Hernandez, I think, at the same time. But it's been a while. He hasn't really had these kind of weapons in a long time. It's really just been Edelman and just whoever the hell else they can find. Yeah, it's it's been a minute, basically. Yeah. That's what we're getting at. Two more guys on his roster, uh, big-time benefits. First is Raheem Mostert. He was fairly dominant from Week 12 on in the regular season last year. Of course, playoffs, he was absolutely dominant, as we all remember the NFC Championship. You do have to be concerned with with if you're an owner of Raheem Mostert, you have to be concerned with Shanahan's carousel usage of running backs. Um, but I think that San Francisco clearly believes in Mostert. And again, that dominant performance in the NFC Championship just reinforced that belief. Uh, Matt Breida has shipped out to Miami. And Jimmy G is still a subpar QB. So I'm willing to bet that um, Raheem Mostert picks up right where he left off in San Francisco. Yeah, I'd be happy with either him or Coleman as a keeper. Hmm. Who would you rather have, though? Uh, probably Moster, just because we just saw him dominate. So yeah. It's just bizarre that this guy wasn't really relevant, and then all of a sudden he gets the, the chance from the right uh, coaching regime. 
So I'm happy for him. I'm happy for Tarek if it works out for him, sort of. I can only be so happy for you guys because I still try, I'm still trying to win here. You know, the other guy is Emmanuel Sanders. The last time this guy was with a Hall of Fame quarterback was in 2015 with Peyton Manning. And in that 2015 season, he saw, well, he produced a 76 1,105 line. So 76 receptions for 1,100 yards. It was actually a little more than 1,105 touchdowns. Um, and he had somewhere, I mean, that's somewhere around the 190 to 200 fantasy points ballpark. I will take that, especially if he's not my number one wide receiver. Yeah. So if, if Emmanuel Sanders plays 14, 15 games and does what he does, averaging 13 yards per reception, then he'll have sort of a resurgence in his career, the latter part of his career here being the 12th season. And don't forget, too, that Ted Ginn, Ted Ginn Jr. had 53 receptions for almost 800 yards and four TDs in the Saints offense just a few years ago. And I I, I personally think Sanders is way better than Ted Ted Ginn. So, Yeah, I would say so. <clears throat> so those are uh, three guys. I think, I think this offseason in the NFL has been really good for Tarek's team. Yeah, I agree. I love especially the Sanders of the Saints, just like as a real-life football thing. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. With him and Michael Thomas, it's going to be amazing, and and probably a bounce back with uh, um, Alvin Kamara, yeah, who's also on the Brown Sugar roster. All right, who do you have next? I guess because uh, I'm going to do I'm going to go with you last. Um, okay, we're going to go to uh, Kylan Macklin's own Velociraptor stars. This one I kind of just did a two for just kind of cheat. Um, both of these off seasons, I mean, these guys were really good anyways, but this off season, the draft and everything put together, he has two amazing young quarterbacks who have some of the best offensive weapons, or in the case of the Eagles, they're uh, Carson Wentz and Kyle Murray, by the way, if you didn't know. Um, just the weapons that both those guys have, as well as that offensive line that the Eagles have. Like, how do you get two, you know, young 20s quarterbacks that are just going to be amazing? And he's just had them both on his roster. Like, I... He can't go wrong. He can keep either or both, and he would be just fine. I think that's smart on him for taking Kyler Murray. I think it was first-round draft pick last first, year, right? Yeah, it was the second of his two first-rounders last year. Yeah, yep. that was a good move. And then he's always believed in Carson, and Carson's great, and that's a good team. It'll be a lot better than last year. Even last year with nobody to throw to, he still did good. So I think Colin did a great job. He's got two super good quarterbacks in a league that rewards good quarterback play. Um, let's see. So next one on here for Kylan is, and this one we've already talked about, you disagree with me on, and it's sort of the same thing I felt with, uh, Ingram, where I don't think he's going to be bad, but I don't think he's going to be as good as Eckler. And again, this just goes back to my Chargers hate where I don't think the Chargers are going to be good, even though I know he's fantastic. I know he's going to catch a ton of passes and I understand all that. I know all the numbers. You've got some interesting numbers, but I just, I don't think he's going to be a top five guy again. I feel I feel like he's fallen, but again, that's just me thinking the Chargers are going to really suck. But you completely disagree with me on this, so I'd like to hear. I don't I don't completely disagree with you at all. I I don't think he'll be a top five running back. I still I know I've done this before, but I got to give Kylan credit because um, oh, that two, se- two seasons ago he he had the guy, and then he decided to pick him as a keeper last year, which I thought was suspect, and then he made a fool out of me. So. It's just, it's really interesting the the difference, like which Austin Eckler are we going to get? Like if you look at the numbers with Austin Eckler playing without 
Melvin Gordon in 2018. He averaged 3.2 yards per carry, uh, 6.3 yards per reception. Compare that to 2019 in four games. So that was three games that he played without Melvin Gordon. Mm-hmm. Um, four games last year without Melvin Gordon, he averaged 3.9 yards per carry versus 3.2. And then he averaged 11.5 yards per reception without, a lot. without Melvin Gordon. And then the, this is the biggest difference. In 2018, without Melvin Gordon, he only averaged 0.3 touchdowns per game, whereas last year he averaged a touchdown and a half per game without Melvin Gordon. So it's like, which version of Austin Eckler are we going to get? And is it is it really just dependent on the game script or like how the how the game goes? So if there's anything that we know about Austin Eckler, is it's that the strength of his game is in the passing game. I think he's going to be okay. I, I think it's a bridge year. But you're not going to get any more. You're not going to get any more than one more good, really good quality year out of Austin Eckler after this year. I just, I just don't buy it. I don't think, I don't think they really count on him as the future. Even though they gave him a four-year contract, I think they'll bring somebody in next year to compete with him and then gradually phase him out. Yeah. So I was super negative on it, but because I don't think he gets being the top end guy. But he could. I could be completely wrong. And also, shout out to Kylan for getting him for literally for free because I'm. He kept him as everyone made fun of him for keeping him, and then it worked out completely for him. And I'm pretty sure he got him as a free agent. I don't even know if he had him on the roster before that point. So, I mean, good on him, but I'm just nitpicking. I don't think he's going to be nearly as good. So, All right, one more for me, and then we get to do each other. So I'm going to go with Game of Mahomes here. I think he's got one hit and then one uh, one player that benefits. The benefit is Mike Evans. (laughs) I mean, do do we need to say any more? He's always been a stud. He's been in the league, what, six years? Yeah, it's been a while now. It doesn't matter because every single season that he's been in the NFL, he's had a 1,000-yard season, which is phenomenal. And that was with who at quarterback? Jameis Winston, a little bit of Ryan Fitzpatrick in there. Yeah. You know, if Brady's throwing him the ball and he can get him the ball in the end zone 10 to 12 times in the season, I think Mike Evans is easily back in the top five. The biggest hit, and it's it's just a glaring, it's a glaring hit when you look at Sed's roster is Marlon Mack. Obviously, bringing in Jonathan Taylor is a huge hit against Marlon Mack. So Sed suddenly has no bona fide running back, um, fantasy RB one. So if I'm Sed though, I would remain patient and just just address the running back position with that early first round pick, you know, because if we remember. We only need one running back to start in the lineup now. So yeah. that rule, that flex position may benefit said here. You know, even though Jonathan Taylor is there, I don't think that Mac is a total lost cause. He had his first 1,000-yard season last year. 2018, he was only 92 yards shy of that um, in just 12 games played. So his production has been there, and I don't think he's ever really been, other than last year, I don't think he was ever really classified as that true starting running back in Indy. You could correct me there because you're an Indy fan, but it didn't seem like he was the the true number one running back. No, they always use two or three guys. Hines is always the passing down guy, and then they would yeah. bring in Wilkins and uh, Mack. Yeah, so. he's never been a huge producer in the passing game, just 1.3 receptions per game. But again, that's Naeem Hines' role anyway. Marlon Mack is honestly, he's best between the 20s. Um, and I didn't realize this until I started looking into it. But, you know, last year between the 20s, so outside the red zone, he averaged 4.5 yards per carry 
versus 2.4 yards per carry in the red zone. And then in 2018, he averaged five yards per carry in between the 20s, and that was compared to 2.6 inside um, the red zone. So the real concern, I think, is where he's had eight or nine touchdowns these past couple of years. I think that's now easily cut in half with Jonathan Taylor sharing the backfield. So said we'll have to hope that max usage outside of the red zone is consistent enough to produce an average of like 10 fantasy points per week, I think would be good enough for him and the rest of his team, or just hope that Taylor's a bust and that the, that the uh, Colts got it wrong, which I don't really think that's the case. Yeah, I mean, you're talking, take- you're talking about the guy who's the most productive running back in the NCAA the last two or three years. Yeah, most I say ride Mac early because you'll, you'll the first couple of weeks like Taylor's not going to just come in immediately. So just use him as best you can and maybe look for something later. Because yeah, I, I definitely. I mean, again, I'm an indie guy. And I, that that's Taylor's job. Give it six weeks or so, and that's that's all Taylor. All right, so are we on the last teams then? Hit me, and then I'll get you. I got you. All right, so. Allen Robinson, I think, is a major up. And this is crazy to say, but the fact that Nick Foles is there means that Allen Robinson might have the best quarterback he's ever played with in his career. It is crazy. Um, so Allen Robinson, uh, he could be a top 10 guy for sure. Like, what was he last year? He, he got close to it, even with Mitchell Trubisky, right? I don't have the exact numbers. You're, you can look them up for me. But, again, this guy has never had a good quarterback, and he's still one of the best wideouts in the league. Get him someone who's at least average? Yeah, he did for him. He said he was 12th. He was 12th. Yeah, he's a reception machine, which which helps because he didn't have he only had seven touchdowns. But he gets the yards and he gets the receptions just too shy of uh, 100. Yeah. So, again, give him someone who actually is halfway decent at playing football. And I think it'll be great. Yeah, I love that. They're like that. They're saying that that's a contest. I'm like, no, just stop pretending. We all know it's (laughs) not Mitchell Trubisky. All right. Uh, Mike Williams of the Chargers. Again, don't like the Chargers. And I don't know how he's, I think he has gotten better over every year that he's played in the NFL. I feel like it's hard to have a breakout year when you have um, dogs throwing to you. So uh, again, I just hate the Chargers. It's fine. Whatever. (laughs) (laughs) It's no big deal. Uh, Then I think Drew Brees for you looks like a keeper to me. I mean, great last year. Get him back this year healthy. Michael Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, like we talked about earlier with all those players. Drew Brees seems like he's locked into me. He's a keeper. Yeah. No secrets there. He's a keeper. Um, Mike Williams is not. <laughs> so I don't have to worry about I don't have to worry about Tyrod Taylor and all that jazz. All right. Pawnee Pervert's. Chris Godwin, this is a big boom in the offseason for the same reason of Mike Evans. There's potential here for two Tampa Bay wide receivers to be top 12 in fantasy this year possibly even crack the top 10, both of them. I think Todd Gurley's knee is fine. He's in a much better situation in Atlanta. Uh, Atlanta could possibly be, they could have been like one player away from putting together a team that can go back to the Super Bowl, and I think they have that now. So Todd Gurley is a major upgrade from Devonta Freeman. Anyway, last thing, really, um, Bengals players on your roster, whether that be... AJ Green or Joe Mixon, I think um, both of them benefit from this offseason and the draft. Gone are the remnants of a post-stagnant Marvin Lewis era in Cincinnati. And um, I think that I think Joe Burrow, just like he did with LSU, I think he has the ability 
to transform the Bengals' personality as a team, mm. um, which obviously can only benefit A.J. Green and Joe Mixon, both of which you own. Yes, somehow so, I own multiple Bengals players. Yeah, that's a, also that's AJ Green played almost nothing at all last year, so he yeah. should be good to go. Yeah, so there's definitely potential for both you and I to bounce back in a good way, a pretty big way this year. I think from nine and ten to possibly one of us making playoffs, if not both. You never know. We'll see. Well, that does it. I'll be joined probably most of the time now by my Dante Moncrief doppelganger here. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode of the Assembly of Fantasy Footballers Anonymous podcast. 